Welcome to your Relationship Lovecast by True Potential, the weekly web show and podcast that explores relationships and wellness, featuring in-depth interviews with acclaimed authors, wellness experts, health influencers, and spiritual leaders so that you can create a relationship and life you love. And now your host, Andrea Corella. Hello everyone, Andrea Corella here, and you are listening to Episode 6 of your Relationship Lovecast by True Potential. Today, we are going to be talking about thriving internationally, immigrant and bicultural couples abroad, which is a really important topic because so many of us are going global, either Americans moving overseas or foreigners immigrating to the United States. Now, I can speak from personal experience being in a cross-cultural relationship with my fiance, who's from Italy. I know the ins and outs of moving overseas to Italy, going through cultural adjustment, establishing a thriving counseling practice in another country, as well as moving back to the United States, going through the cultural readjustment process while my partner is going through his immigration and cultural adjustment process. Being in a cross-cultural relationship is both exciting and challenging at times, and there are several things to consider from the visa and citizenship process to balancing two cultures, giving up careers in their own country and or having to redo their own studies again in the new country, and raising cross-cultural kids with the values and languages of both countries. In order to delve into this topic further, I have invited Marietta Oslanik to join us. She is a licensed attorney who graduated both from Matej Bell University School of Law in Slovakia and Northwestern University School of Law in Chicago and became a New York licensed attorney. Currently, she is a managing partner at Navrat and Oslanik, founder and director at NAO Visa, and founder of Immigration Biz. Her main area of practice remains immigration law with a primary focus on complex business immigration and investment issues. Her mission is to help foreign investors and entrepreneurs set up companies in the United States and go over the immigration struggles with ease and create a sustainable and profitable business in the United States. She loves business, entrepreneurship, books, yoga, traveling, and meditation. And I feel like I'm speaking to a kindred spirit because I love all of those things as well. Thank you so much, Marietta, for being here today. My pleasure. It's great to be here. Thank you, Andrea. My pleasure, too. So please share with us what inspired you to immigrate to the United States yourself and the highs and lows of your cultural adjustment process. Sure. So um, when I was 16, my dad decided to send me here for a year as an exchange student. So basically, it wasn't my decision at all. It was his idea to come here, study a little bit and learn English and then eventually become, a, I can say, global citizen. So first, the year was very hard for me. I didn't speak any English. It was definitely big, big cultural shock. So I couldn't really adjust. I spent one year in West Virginia at the host family. And to be honest, after I came back home, I put on like 40 pounds. Oh, wow. So my friends yeah. Did, yeah, yeah. So my, so my friends didn't even uh, recognize me. My family was shocked. Like, what happened to you? <laughs> and then uh, I kind of felt like different, you know, because I have to say that year uh, absolutely influenced me. I was young and um, it kind of, I was outside of the comfort zone for a year. And then when I came back, I was expecting everything to be the same, but it wasn't anymore. So at that point, I realized that I would have to come back to the U.S. again because I felt 
comfortable here. So each summer I would spend in different states mm-hmm. in the U.S. working as a exchange student. So while I was studying at law school in Slovakia, each summer I would spend basically, like I said, in different states of the U.S. and um, gain different experience. And then after I graduated law school in Slovakia, I decided to move to Chicago. It was really a spontaneous decision. I just felt uh, if I don't do it now, I will never do it again. And I, like I said, I didn't feel at home in Slovakia anymore. So I was, like I would say, I was in a limbo. Right. So I, I made it. I made a decision. I went to Chicago. I really didn't know anyone. It was very challenging. Like it's something like you just take the risk and see what's gonna happen. But at the same time, I love challenge. So for me, it was fun. I'm a very adventurous person. So. It was fun and I ended up studying English at a local college and then I applied for the university and as you mentioned I finished uh, Northwestern Law School. From there I went to New York and I sit for the bar exam. So yeah, I've been through different states and different experiences in uh, during my stay in the U.S. Amazing. I, I think that it really, I want to commend you because I think all of us as as immigrants who have either immigrated or um, have moved overseas or had that experience, it takes incredible courage and it takes incredible strength and determination and perseverance. So uh, I know many people who have gone through that and experienced that. And I think the people that can really relate and understand the most Mm-hmm. are people that have gone through it themselves. So absolutely. Yep, so absolutely. thank you for sharing that. And I, I would imagine that there are uh, several people on this call that either are going through that or have gone through that. So thank you for being open and sharing that with us sure. here today. Yep. Now, now, what did you do to thrive overseas and establish your personal and professional life in the United States? Well, first of all, I think I would say you got to do what you got to do. And I mean, you have to follow your passion. You have to follow your heart. And like I said, I love meditations. And it was always very much intuitive decision for me. So I was basically just following my heart. If I felt like I want to stay in Chicago, I want to study there because it feels right for me, I, I did it. And then I moved to New York. Also, it was a logical reason that I knew that I would have more opportunities in terms of professional life and career, so I decided to take the bar in New York eventually. I would advise just follow your heart and don't be scared. And even if you are scared, just overcome that fear. You know? Even if you're scared, just do it. That was something that helped me. You know, I didn't have a choice. Like I knew like either I'm going to make it or I have to go back home. And I could not imagine myself back home. So I said, okay, what's the worst case scenario? I'm just going to fail and then what? Well, I have to go back home. But I'm going to try it anyway. So I guess that kind of approach and that kind of attitude, just to to be really focused and follow your dreams and go for it. And if you really are persistent, and even if you fail and you just don't give up because you don't you don't you don't think the option of giving up actually exists, then you're gonna get where you wanna be. And I don't think it's just life in the U.S. for foreigners. I think it's in any kind of area of your life. It's True. Not, it's not just, you shouldn't even apply on, on just immigrants, but especially immigrants because they have to deal with the, the culture difference, language barrier, so it's more difficult for them. But on the other hand, I believe that in the U.S. you have so many opportunities and it's much easier actually to create sustainable business here than compared to other countries. I mean, obviously it depends where you're coming from, mm-hmm. but from my point of view, it's, it was much easier to to create my life, my professional life here than, than in Slovakia because you have more opportunities here. 
Right. And I, I think that depending on your business or the nature of you as a person, that, that drive to be persistent and to mm-hmm. constantly move the needle forward mm-hmm. on following your dreams and following your heart and your passion. And really, I think being in that situation where you either you have to win or win and, and get through it, it really uh, forces you to utilize that energy that you have towards what is the most important to you and really developing your intuition to guide you throughout that process Absolutely. and overcoming those fears and really looking at fear in the in the face and moving through it anyways and picking yourself back up and and continuing forward yeah absolutely like for example i didn't pass the bar exam at the first time i mean it's, it's hard to pass the bar in in general but mm-hmm. like i didn't want to give up like i i didn't see myself just to go back home after all that time spending in the u.s uh, studying and paying for my education i didn't see myself to go back home and just start from the scratch over there so you just don't give up and you continue and eventually you will get where you want to be Right. I mean, sometimes it's hard because you don't have support here. Like you don't have your family here, close friends. I think that the, the phase number one is that you feel lonely and lost. Right. Then, you, then the next phase would be you become more independent because you start to rely on yourself more mm-hmm. and you don't expect anything from others because you know it's just you. So you become stronger eventually. And then, then there is a third phase where you feel so comfortable with yourself. And that's we, we're talking about the spiritual realm where you get to know you, you yourself better. Mm-hmm. So, and then you, you just, you can just share the happiness or whatever it is that you share with others. Right, right. Now, what got you into this field of work to become a lawyer? What inspired mm-hmm. you and drove you specifically in this area and immigration law specifically? Well, immigration law, actually, it was because of my story, because I've been on five different type of visas and I saw my friends coming from different countries and uh, I just saw how, how difficult it is to really become legalized here. So it's really personal for me, you know, to helping other people to get either green cards or particular visas and stay and become legal in the country so they can fulfill their dreams. That's one of my passions, to help others to really come here and fulfill their dreams. So because I did it for myself, I want to help others to do it. Right. Now, what are the different types of visa processes that that cross-cultural couples, immigrants, entrepreneurs, foreigners from overseas exist out there? And what are the is the length of the process typically? Sure. So... There are many, many different types of visas. It really depends. Like usually couples, sometimes you have foreigners marrying U.S. citizens. In that case, you would talk about either fiancé visa or marriage visa or green card through marriage. Usually it takes about, I would say, six months. The processing time is around six months. You can either apply from your home country or you change the status in the U.S. Then you have a different type of visas like, for example, H-1B visa or L L working visa or L1A visa, that's manager visa for uh, intra-company managers coming from overseas to here. Sometimes they bring spouses with them. Or you have investors visa for investors, entrepreneurs who are investing into the U.S., either into new business or they are buying existing business, and sometimes they have spouses coming with them. So they would apply for work authorization card. These type of visas are more flexible. So it means that your spouse will automatically get work authorization if you are investor. So she can apply in the U.S. Green card through marriage uh, takes longer. Like I said, usually the processing time is like six months. 
and it costs a little bit more, um, but there is no issue if you really are engaged in a, in a real marriage. Right. You know, sometimes you have those fake marriages, which I don't support at all. Right, right. Now, what are the common challenges expat couples, cross-cultural couples, and immigrant couples face when relocating to a, another country? Number one is the cultural shock. But then, again, they have each other, so I'm assuming that well, I think it, it really depends. Sometimes when you when you have um, couples coming from overseas, they face the challenge of cultural shock. But sometimes you have uh, foreigners marrying U.S. citizens, like your case, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's absolutely different because you already influence your fiance, and he knows what he what to expect. And uh, you have ongoing relationship for some time, so he knows what to expect in the U.S. In terms of uh, immigration issues, I would just say. A Take your time. It takes really a while to put evidence together. And sometimes even if we apply and send the documentation to USCIS, there might be some other evidence that is required to submit. So be patient, I would say. That's, that's like number one. Number one thing, really be patient and expect to submit everything on time. And really, you have to be careful not to be out of status because if you're out of status for one day, even one day, you are here illegally and then it might influence your future. You might be barred from coming to the U.S. for several years. Right. Now, I know I know. for me, when I lived in Italy, what I did was a work visa where I could, mm-hmm. and then eventually I was able to start my own independent practice after three months of, of mm-hmm. my work visa activity. But I know that that process, they have a permesso sejorno, which is similar to a, a green card process where you have residency and, and so on. And so there are certain steps and procedures to take that add an element of, of stress and planning and organization. But it's mm-hmm. definitely doable if you persist in and you have the right resources and right information. No, no. And then I, I think also some of the challenges, the things that were really important for me in being able to adjust in the cultural adjustment process was creating a support system reaching out to organizations and groups, uh, you know, internations or support groups of other expats overseas, other international people, because that was really key in helping that transition be be as smooth as possible. So yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I forgot to mention it. Like there is a, it depends what country you're coming from. There are, there are many, many communities that you can you can find and research. Like, for example, in Chicago, there is a huge Polish community, or I'm Slovak originally, so we have a big community in, in New York. And it helps. It helps to, you know, hang out in that community, get to know each other, so you don't feel that lost. I have many, many friends from, from Slovakia in New York or all over the U.S., and it really helps me to connect and feel like I'm at home. But on the other hand, I would say don't get too caught up in that community because you are here to experience something and i would just advise be open because absolutely each culture, each culture has something to offer and teach you and it's beautiful so don't just hang out with people from your country because then you will never get to know 
other people from different cultures and I just think that it's it's fun to be around different type of people and different I agree cultures. I agree and I think utilizing that time rather than being isolated and maybe limiting yourself from learning the language and assimilating I think having that sense of community and interconnection with the culture that you're actually living in is fundamental in yeah. in thriving yeah. uh, overseas and, and building great relationships and having interesting empowering experiences absolutely and you know later on you will be eventually influenced by by the u.s culture and you will you will change you might not even realize but you will and you won't be the same anymore and it's okay that's life i think it's good to accept to accept the change and don't resist or fight it yeah yeah you just you just go through smooth transition and just stay like open-minded Right. I think uh, the experience of an immigrant or an expat that is moving to another country, it is as though you're on two trains Mm -hmm. at the same time where you have one foot on one train and one foot on another train and you are and they're basically moving sometimes in some ways in similar directions and in some ways in different directions. And it's really Mm -hmm. being able to juggle those two Mm -hmm. and create your own definition of what that cultural balance is for you as an individual because I think that that's coming to terms with those two aspects of yourself because you're not completely uh, one national identity or ethnic identity but also now this other national and ethnic identity that's influencing you that is really making you evolve uh, as a a new person with those new perspectives and points of view so uh, being able to respect that process and knowing that you can let go of the things that don't serve you and hold on to what does. Absolutely. And then you stop comparing yourself with others and you just see the people the way they are. You connect with them on different level and you don't care about where they're coming from, what age they are, or other differences. Right. You see the commonality. You're able to know yeah. yourself better and the different, it's like a kaleidoscope. It's like we're each with kaleidoscopes with all the different colors and, and variety and really honoring what that is and being curious about others kale- other people's kaleidoscope and their reality and their point of view. Exactly. exactly. Now, I know one challenge that I saw many uh, cross-cultural couples and expat couples face is sometimes that uprooting and being in a new space, new environment can create a lot of tension and stressors in the relationship or issues that existed in the relationship before that really are coming up to the surface because they're both feeling vulnerable and out of their element. So Mm -hmm. I think that that, that's where tension can arise too in that process. But at the same time, you know, I think that actually perfect opportunity for couples to get to know each other on deeper levels and they might even deepening their relationship. Absolutely. I think it is a great opportunity to, because I've seen other couples where that transition draws them very close, that they're a very tight, unified team that is really necessary for their lives, their partnership, their families, and to thrive as a couple and as individuals overseas. So I definitely have seen that happen too. And so there's really... It can go in one of two directions. And if if the, the former is the case, being able to get support so that it can become the latter where there is that un- united front, so to speak. Absolutely. Yep, I agree with you. And then eventually they have a beautiful, strong relationship. Nothing can break it. 
Absolutely. And strong kids as a result of it too, which yep. is the next yep. generation of movers and shakers, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's awesome, you know, these this, this kids who are living in both uh, cultures. Right. I think, I think this world needs people like that. So Yeah, I think it creates a, a very globally minded and open-minded environment, which I think is, is important for the future of our world. So yep. definitely. Yep. So another question that I have, you, maybe you can speak from your personal experience or even the experience uh, working with your own clients. What are the keys to being successful in a foreign land and how might one go about establishing their own business overseas, whether in the U.S. or abroad? Mm -hmm. So I think the obvious advantage is that I'm not necessarily competing with other attorneys in the U.S. And I try to establish my business like a business that is actually based in two countries. So I'm like a bridge, basically, for people who want to come to the U.S. And they are already in, I mean, they are still in Europe and they are coming to the U.S. So I'm not competing with the local immigrant attorneys, nor I'm competing with people in, uh, in my country. I would just say, try to think of business that is... Um, unique to you based on your personal story and just try to build a business around your story. Yeah. And I think finding that key niche in the marketplace yeah. that where there's a value and there's a need that you can fill and yeah. really knowing what that is and exactly. speaking to that. Like for example, I was before I created my business, I was uh, searching for a law firm that would want to hire me because of my background and my um, my education in both jurisdiction and I actually couldn't find one so I said I think it's time for me to create law firm that's gonna serve people with mm -hmm. similar background as I have so because there was none basically so so that was the the main the main idea um, that influenced me to 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 create this business. And do you find that there's a huge need there, that there's that that's a, a niche where there's a lot of demand? I think it is because most of the most of our clients are from either Czech or Slovakia. Also we are expanding to different countries like Russia, Poland and other European countries. But I wasn't sure at the beginning, you know, if really there is gonna be enough people who could pay for our services and if there is actually interest in, in purchasing such services. But yes, there are people who are interested in coming here and invest and um, either, like we mentioned before, entrepreneurs or foreign startups. And especially these days, you know, it's so easy to set up company here. You don't need to be here. And the next stage would be to come here. And that's, that's the investor visa that I was talking about. Right. So, so yeah, there is a need, definitely. I've done a lot of research of the correlation of immigration and entrepreneurship, and it's huge because I think for, for me, I, I have family, you know, generations ago that immigrated from Europe to Argentina and then Argentina to the U.S. So I have a long lineage of immigrants as well as entrepreneurship. And in kind of exploring this further, there is such a correlation between these two this profession of being a, a self-starter and an entrepreneur with an immigrant who is a self-starter and mover and immigrator to, to a new country. So I, I find that connection so interesting. Yeah, and so many entrepreneurs who are foreign in this country because they are more driven. I don't want to say more driven than U.S. citizens, but, but obviously they, they have this drive inside 
because they are forced to do it. If they're, if they're not going to do it, they will have to go back home. So, so they are really driven and just so many smart people, you know, who are coming here and setting up companies. So I think I agree, innovation I too. I think innovation flourishes from that as well. Innovative ideas and creativity yep. and passion and, and heart uh, in, in what, you, what you create and what, you, what business you create. So where can listeners find out more about you? So we have several websites. They can uh, check uh, our law firm website that is www.navratoslanek.com. Then I also run NeoVisa. As you mentioned, it's a general immigration services. So it's a www.naovisa.com. And then immigrationbiz.com is um, dedicated to foreign entrepreneurs and foreign startups and investors who are coming here to set up new business or buying existing business. Great. And then just for our listeners in wrapping up, what what are some step-by-step strategies uh, for people maybe that are living overseas already and are preparing to immigrate to the U.S. or for those that are Americans that are looking to build their businesses or immigrate overseas? What would be the step-by-step strategy to prepare couples for that transition, whether legally or emotionally, personally? Mm-hmm. Well, I would advise to hire an attorney or and also counsel who can definitely help you with uh, overcoming the challenges because it might be difficult if you do it everything on your own. So definitely search for help or reach out. You can definitely contact me anytime, either through email or through our website and just plan everything plan before step by step so you don't you don't rush you, you are not under pressure and you just take it slowly and then everything goes smooth for you right i think the key is researching where you're going you know mm-hmm. the culture the language the people the the value system the the way that the visa process or the the immigration process looks like, and then being able to see what sort of support systems are are there, as well as maybe a counselor, you know, to help yep. you through cultural adjustment or that legal consultant that can help you through that process. Yeah, but like number one step would be uh, you need to get your visa done. So um, you cannot obviously come to the U.S. without visa. So that's the step number one. Then once you are here, you can search for help in terms of support communities or coaching, right? Mm-hmm. for foreign couples just to overcome the cultures challenges and then uh, just stay open I would say just stay open and, and, and try to experience everything the way it comes to you and, and don't compare the culture back home with US culture because it's it's totally different culture yeah just I think allow the process it. to unfold and and be open is, is key. exactly yep absolutely okay. Anything else you'd like to share with our audience before we we finish our our call today? I would just say, follow your dreams, follow your heart, and don't ever give up. Great. Thank you, Marietta, for coming today. So there you have it. I hope you found this podcast as interesting and informative as I did. And to get access to the show notes and links mentioned in the show, please go to truepotentialcounseling.com. And if you like this podcast, if you could please leave a review so I can have more impact and reach more people. It would really mean so much to me if you could take the time to visit truepotentialcounseling.com forward slash review, and it will take you to the iTunes page where you can leave a review. We have some amazing guests coming up from Aaron Sutherland to Nisha Moodley. 
Thank you so much, and we will catch you next week. Thanks for listening to Lovecast by True Potential at www.truepotentialcounseling.com.